It's sobering question time. I have two questions for you. And if you could take just a few seconds to pause and listen to these questions, I want you to think about them. And then we're going to do a deeper dive into these concepts. And I'm going to lay before you. Here's question number one. How would people know you if you had no filter on your inner person? Let's say the distance between your heart and your mouth that there was no filter in between those two things and whatever was on the inside came out on the outside. You had, let's say, you had no cognitive ability to control who you are on your inner person, and that is how people experienced you. The second question is similar to that. How would folks experience the authentic you? Not just the words that come out, but the behaviors that you exhibit no control whatsoever. You see, we live in a duality. Our authentic self, the person that you know yourself to be and nobody else knows entirely, there's that. And then the person that we present ourselves to the public, that is the duality. Our responsibility, our job, our passion is to close the gap between those two things We can do that because of the power of the gospel. It is transforming us from the inside to the outside. Before we met Christ, before we entered into a relationship with God, we lived in total depravity, darkness. The light was off. There was no hope. We were dead. And then God brought us into a relationship with himself through regeneration. The light came on. We came to life. We were born a second time. But as Paul clearly taught in Ephesians 4, we have a former manner of life. We have that person that that lived according to the old dead ways. And because of this gift of progressive sanctification, we can be continually, ongoingly transforming ourselves into the new person of Jesus Christ. We're, we are putting on a new kind of person. It is sanctification progressively, incrementally. But as we are today, there is this duality. There is a gap between who we know ourselves to be on the inside and who we are on the outside. And that is the question that I want to put before you in this podcast. If you had no filter whatsoever, how would folks experience you? Recently, I heard a term that uh, we used when I was a teenager in the mid-70s. The term came from a movie that just came that just came out recently. I haven't seen the movie. I'm not going to see the movie, but the term is Breaking Bad. And of course, the movie is from the TV series that was around 2010. Let me caveat right here. I'm not recommending that you see the movie or the TV series. I'm not suggesting that you do that. But this is how I think. When I hear something or I hear a term, in this case, the term breaking bad, I, I meditate on these things. The, the word catches my mind or my mind catches the word. And I think about it. I think about it for days. And then the way that I work, and I think many of you know this, if you've listened to me for a while, I, I journal things. I have to journal my thoughts because it helps me to process things. 
And when, and when God puts something on my mind like that, I really want to work through it because there's something that I can, I can learn. And so I, I heard the term Breaking Bad, though I, I haven't seen the movie, and I began to think back when I was a teenager, and we used that term all the time. If you don't know what the term means, it, it simply means you don't care anymore whatever's on the inside is going to come out. You don't care. You don't care what people think. You don't care how you may harm someone. You're breaking bad. And that's why I begin to reflect on, well, what would happen? Like right today, if I lost the cognitive ability, if I, if I lost self-control, if the governor on my mind broke and, and everything just came out, I broke bad on you and everyone else, what would that be like? Now, mercifully, because of progressive sanctification, it wouldn't be as bad as as it was before regeneration, but we're not there yet. And that's my call to you, and, and that's my sobering call to myself. And so what I want you to do is, is I want you to think about how you can continue uh, in this process of progressive sanctification so that we're not breaking bad I titled the podcast, Breaking Down My Heart, When It's Breaking Bad. And so I hope that you'll take the time to self-diagnose where you are now, what you are capable of doing now, and how you need to change. But I don't want you to drown or to be swallowed up in some kind of morbid reflection. I want you to anchor your hope in the gospel Because of Jesus Christ, we have the ability not to break bad on people. We have the ability to experience transformation, and we don't have to live by masking our inside because this duality, the gap between the two, what we are on the inside and and how people experience us on the outside, that gap is closing moment by moment. And that is the hope that we have in the gospel. If you would like to talk to me about this podcast, or if you would like to read it, go to our website. You can read it. You can share it. I have internal links here, as we have, I think, with all of our articles. And and so if you want to do more thinking, more pondering on this idea. In fact, I have one article titled here, Three Ways to Overcome Sin and Temptation. And I would love for you to read that article. The Bible lays out three ways that we can overcome sin and temptation. And then this other article, Be Honest or Your Conscience Will Take Revenge on You. That is an an insightful article uh, from Paul's teaching in Romans 1 about how our our conscience can rise up and, and take revenge on us if we push the truth of God out of our lives. And then the third article is four things we do to make life harder on ourselves. And so with the collection of of this podcast and these three articles, you could spend a long time studying this idea, which I hope uh, it will bring you uh, help that you need so that you can continue this process of, of transformation. Now, perhaps that you would like to talk to us, I would love for you to do that. People have been doing that this morning, and I'm so thankful when people come to our free community forums. You do have to sign up as far as getting a username and password, and that's merely a, a wall that we set up so that we can guard against spammers and, and people that like to mess with folks on, on websites. And 
and create problems for websites, and so we want to protect you uh, that way as well. And so we have uh, we have uh, username and password that you'll have to sign up. But other than that, it's, it's free, and we want to talk to you. And so please, now maybe there's something else that you want to discuss. That would be great as well. Uh, one final caveat, I am not suggesting that you watch either the TV series Breaking Bad or this movie that recently came out. That's not the point of this podcast, but I do want you to reflect on this idea. The popular TV show, Breaking Bad, it is a fictional case study of a man who didn't care any longer what others thought, and that's the big idea. What he was on the inside came out in full measure. Walter White, the primary character in the series, is a case study of human evil unleashed. And that's what I want you to think about. Where are you right now in your relationship with God? One of the ways that you can measure that is is by if there were not a filter, if there were not a filter on what you are on the inside, what would come out? And I hope that it will motivate you as it has motivated me as I've been thinking about this idea. Walter White received a a diagnosis of terminal cancer. And after he received this diagnosis, he just didn't care any longer. He understood mortality, and and he saw the finish line. Uh, Very few of us live our lives that way. We don't know the appointment that we have with death, but he was given his appointment in a matter of a year or two, and his response was to throw caution to the wind by becoming what he knew himself to be on the inside. No more self-control. No more self-restraint. Let your inner person rule with no concern for the consequences. That is what Walter White did, and that's what the term breaking bad means. He broke bad. Now, here's the thing that intrigues me about Walter White. And that's how I see myself in him. Now, I trust that this is a response that you have. I I trust this is a knee-jerk response with you, an impulsive response. I posted something on Facebook today as a quote about, uh, it was just a quote. And a lady responded, and her response was self-assessment. It was a beautiful, her name's Cheryl. And Cheryl responded with self-assessment, addressing the log in her eye. There are many ways that you can go with quotes. You can you, you could talk about others and and how awful they are, or how much they've hurt you, or or whatever. Or and sometimes it's appropriate to have that discussion and engage that way. But the first thing that you want to do is you want to address yourself. You want to assess yourself, and that's the thing that intrigues me about Walter White is I see myself in him. Please create that habit in your life. Always start with yourself. You see, I am a walking dichotomy between right and wrong, that which is moral and that which is immoral. Paul got it right in in Romans when he said, Oh, wretched man, who shall deliver me from this body of death? You don't know this, but sometimes I want to tell a few people off. I do. I just want to tell them off. 
But then the spirit, my spirit-illuminated mind and my biblically-informed conscience kick in, praise God, and I refrain. Other times, I don't put the brakes on my mouth. I give in to my true self, the real me that, that is hidden from you but unmasked to my heart. It comes out, and that's why I'm having this podcast, because you have that person too. You've been that way. You wanted to tell people off. You wanted to respond in an impulsive manner, an angry manner toward people. And mercifully, your spirit illuminated mind and your biblically informed conscience said, hold up. Discretion is a good thing here. You need to refrain. But there have been other times where you just went off. And the reason you did that is because of what is, what is truly inside of you. And that's why this podcast is, is so vital for both of us. You broke bad on somebody. You see, I expect how life should be, life according to Rick. And it is hard to subject what I want, what I need, what I crave, what I lust to the cross of Christ or to the good of others. At times, what I want and what God calls me to are at odds. Walter White chose not to give honor to God or submit to his authority. He chose instead to live on this terrestrial ball according to the dictates of his wicked heart. Though he's a fictional character, his life is an appealing case study about me and about you. Walter White is the fictional mirror of our non-fictional lives. And and we run in in four categories. Here they are. Part of me hates him because he was ruthless. And that's what Paul said in Romans 12, 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And so part of me hates him because he was ruthless. Number two, part of me pities him because sin had captured him. That's what Paul said in Galatians 6. Brothers, if if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And so part of me hates him because he was ruthless. Part of me pities him because sin had captured him. Part of me is afraid of him because I could do what he did. In Psalm 37, 13, it says, But the Lord laughed at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. Yeah, part of me is afraid of him, because I know that I could do that, and I would be in all sorts of trouble. And then number four, part of me wants to be him, because he fully indulged his flesh. In Ecclesiastes 1.8, it says all things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Part of me wants to be him because he fully indulged his flesh. Those four things are operating in our hearts at all times. We hate evil. We pity those and even ourselves who are captured by evil. We are afraid because we can give ourselves over to that. And number four, the truth is, 
we want to be that because we want to indulge our flesh. You see, when I become angry at my wife or my children, I'm indulging my flesh. I'm refusing to submit whatever it is that I'm thinking at that moment to the death of Christ. I feel entitled to those moments of unleashed evil, and no amount of reason is going to persuade me from what I want. It is dastardly. Think about it. And then after I come back to my biblical senses, I can simultaneously hate and pity and fear while realizing there will probably be another turn of self-indulgence somewhere down the road because I'm easily tempted to cave to my own flesh because, number four, I enjoy it. Haven't you experienced these quadrilateral morality twists? Something does not go your way or you don't get what you expected and you turn into your version of Walter White. You don't care anymore. Well, this version is your true self. What would you be like if you no longer had the power to keep the real you hidden? About 20 years ago, I was ministering in a nursing home and all the folks in the facility were near death. I think every one of them were like in their 80s and and 90s. Those of you who haven't ministered in a nursing home, I I would encourage you to do, do that. It will become some of the fondest memories in your entire life. You see, their ability to control their physical selves was limited. Every Saturday when I finished speaking, I would go around and shake everyone's hands, and we'd sing, Jesus loved me. We'd always sing the songs, the hymns that they knew because they couldn't they couldn't turn pages and all of that. Even though we passed out hymnals, nobody ever turned in their hymn, or few of them did. But they sang the songs that had been in their hearts for years. And I remember one Saturday, I, I went to uh, the last person. I, I shook this lady's hand. I'd gone through the entire group, and she was always the last. She was standing at the back, and 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 she said this the first first Saturday. She said, "Brother Thomas, or Reverend Thomas, rather." She said, Reverend Thomas, that's the best message I've ever heard. And I was feeling pretty good about myself, and I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was good too. And then the next Saturday I finished speaking and I finished shaking everybody's hand and I got to her and she said, Reverend Thomas, that was the best message that I've ever heard. And I thought, well, I did study harder. I worked a little harder this week and and thank you. And I'm glad I've 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 hit I've hit the ball out of the park two weeks in a row. And then the third week I spoke and then went around. I shook everybody's hand. I got to her and she said, Reverend Thomas, that's the best mess. I believe that's the best best message I've ever heard. (laughs) Then I realized I don't think she's all there. (laughs) And I was deflated. Many of them were like that. They wore diapers. The support staff fed them. They were lifted out of their beds and rolled in their wheelchairs. They were at the mercy of the employees to do for them even the simplest task they used to do without thought or without effort. Their bodies were returning to the dust. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 103, 19, for God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Of course, that's going back to Genesis 2, 7. God created Adam out of the dust of the ground. Paul talked about it another way in 2 Corinthians 4.16. He said, though our outer nature is wasting away, going to the dust, our bodies are. 
our inner nature, is being renewed day by day. The most sobering thing that I observed about these people in in the nursing home during this season of ministry was their ability to control their spiritual selves. That's why I've been pondering about this idea of, of breaking bad, that what would happen if I lost control of, of my cognitive ability and whatever was on the inside was unleashed to the outside, to you. How, how there was a proportional mirroring of their physical selves. These people in the nursing home, their physical selves, there was a proportional mirroring of their outward selves to their spiritual selves, their inward selves. I was being able to see now what was on the inside, because what was going on in the physical and the spiritual, they mirrored each other, and you, you could see it. Let me give you an illustration. It, it was so instructive about their physical and spiritual dichotomy and how it manifested their true selves to everyone in the nursing home with no filter. What you can't control will be revealed. Here's the illustration that was profoundly and, and painfully obvious when I preached Jesus to them each Sunday morning. I remember, or Saturday morning, I remember one morning, Saturday, when I was extolling the goodness of God, and there was this elderly black lady who radiated the joy as as she listened to the words of life. Physically, she could not hold her hymnal in her hands. We would roll her in, and we would slide the hymnal up under her hand so that she could have it because she always had a hymnal for for 85 years. She held a hymnal, and and we didn't want to change that. Her wig was cockeyed. She was not in control physically. Spiritually, she could not hold back her tears as she thought about her Savior Who she was on the inside made its way to the outside. Each tear journeyed down her deeply creviced face and fell into her lap. And then about seven wheelchairs over from her was another person in similar straits. He could not control his inner self. As I was extolling the words of life, he was bellowing his replete storehouse of profanity. While I marveled at what I saw and what I heard from these two people, the Spirit quietly reminded me, there's coming a day when I will not be able to manage my hypocrisy. I will not be able to manage my dichotomy. The degree in which it resides in me will come out when the self-management of my reputation is no longer an option. I will be just like them should I live as long. The Lord gave me a a gentle and, and kind warning as I preached to these two people. One lady wasting away was about 90% in heaven and joyfully picking up speed. She's there today, no doubt. One man wasting away was was 90% in hell and didn't care who knew about it. He gave up on God and chose to live life on his terms and, and to hell with everyone else. This is how Walter White said it. He said, quote, I've been living with cancer for the better part of a year. Right from the start, it's a death sentence. That's what they keep telling me. Well, guess what? 
Every life comes with a death sentence, so every few months I come in here for my regular scan, knowing full well that one of these times, hell, maybe even today, I'm going to hear some bad news. But until then, who's in charge? Me. That's how I will live my life. And then later he said, if you believe that there is a hell, I don't know if you're into that, but we're already pretty much going there. But I'm not going to lie down until I get there. That's how Walter White, the fictional character, thought about it. We all have a compelling choice to make. Who is going to be in charge? I learned a long time ago that I couldn't trust myself. I must have someone else running my life. If I give way to the evil of my heart, there will be no telling what kind of death I will bring to my world After your outer person wastes away like the elderly lady and the elderly gentleman in the nursing home, what kind of inner person will we see? When you lose control of your inner faculties, what will we observe about the real you? Which person in the wheelchair will you be? Fortunately, as biblically-centered people, we don't have to live in a shroud of mystery as to who we are, and we don't have to grope for the walls like blind Walter Whites with no hope. The Bible is a mirror. We can look into its pages to find the mystery revealed and the hope given. If you want to know who you are, wait for those moments where you're no longer in charge. In the case of my nursing home friends, the last stage of their lives was those moments that revealed their true selves. In the case of Walter White, he decided to stop fooling his family and his friends long before he lost the ability to take charge. He took control by giving his inner person full reign. The only hypocrisy left in his life was his frantic and feeble attempts to pull the wool over his family's eyes so they would not know what he was doing. But once the cat was entirely out of the bag, all hypocrisy was gone. Who Walter White was, depraved, and what he did, depravity, were in perfect harmony. When you fully manifest your real heart by your behaviors, only then will the hypocrisy be gone. You'll be real at that point. At that point. Doesn't this give all of us something to ponder? How willing are you to reveal your true self to others? Now, I'm not saying that you should do that. You should exercise self-control. You should maintain discretion. But you want to make sure that you are intentionally and determinately changing on the inside. What kind of gap is there from who you are on the inside to who your friends know you to be? I'm not trying to manipulate you by fear tactics. My hope is for the Spirit of God to bring light into whatever darkness remains in your heart while motivating you to run to His light. This reality is what the story of Walter White does for me. I don't sit in any wrong-headed judgment of of him if if he were real any more than I sit in guilt-ridden, paralysis-giving condemnation of myself. If ever this Christian cliche were true, it is now, except for the grace of God, I would be just like Walter White. The key for me is a simple one. Don't do what Mr. White did. Each moment during my day allows me to choose the way of Walter White or the way of Jesus Christ. It's that uncomplicated. 
The choice that you and I make for God's glory will become easier and more natural if we're willing to walk in the way of the Lord. We can put ourselves to death now by mortifying the deeds of the body, or we will move toward more significant and more profound iterations of death as we choose to walk away from the Lord. John Owen took these ideas, and he said this in his book, The Mortification of Sin, quote, he said, when a lust has remained a long time in the heart, corrupting, festering, and poisoning, it brings the soul into a woeful condition. Such a lust will make a deep imprint on the soul. It will make its company a habit in your affections. It will grow so familiar in your mind and conscience that, that they are not disturbed at its presence as some strange thing. It will so take advantage in such a state that it will often exert itself without you even taking notice of it at all. Unless a serious course, an extraordinary course, is taken, a person in this state has no grounds to expect that his latter end shall be peace. That's John Owen from, from Mortification of Sin. Breaking Bad is a term from my era, the hippie generation. We use it all the time. To break bad is to go bad, to do wrong. Here's my appeal to you. Don't break bad. But more than that, when you do break bad, take a severe and extraordinary course of action to change. I have a prayer at the end of this podcast that you're welcome to read and apply to yourself. The title of the podcast, Breaking Down My Heart When It's Breaking Bad. If you would like to talk to me about this, I would love to talk to you. Come to our website and let's talk. Thanks for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.